Let's turn to John chapter 2. John chapter 2, I would read, like to read a couple of scriptures, a couple of words here. John chapter 2 verses 1 to 10. John chapter 2 verses 1 to 10. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, that what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not come yet. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast has tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew the master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him every man at the beginning sets out the good wine and when the guests have well drunk then the inferior you have kept the good wine until now so we read about a wedding that took place in Cana where Jesus and his disciples were invited it was an ordinary wedding you know, even the, even the couple's name is not mentioned in the Bible, but had unusual guests. Jesus himself, along with his disciples, they were part of this wedding. The wedding was ordinary or natural as there was shortage of wine. Like it can happen in any other wedding, right? So anything that can go wrong, it can go wrong, Murphy's law, right? So the same thing is happening there. There was no wine in the wedding. It was an ordinary situation. It's possible. You know, in spite of how much they would have planned and prepared for this wedding, eventually there is no wine. There is no wine. But you know what? There is something which is supernatural or extraordinary took place because it was, even though it was an ordinary wedding, but heaven was involved in that wedding something supernatural took place and also we see the role of Jesus mother Mary and she was setting up a stage for the miracle asking the servants to do whatever they whatever he says and she looked at the servants and he she said do whatever he says and no wonder how that willingness to obey with a great expectation of a miracle resulted in a great blessing even though they, that were, there was shortage the wedding of Cana eventually resulted in success because Jesus intervened and he brought forth the blessing and I'm just landing on the phrase do whatever he says for our meditation this morning do whatever he says you know are we in expectation of a miracle today from our God 
The key is do whatever he says. Do we expect supernatural things to happen in our lives? Like the miracle at Cana, God is telling us this morning, do whatever I say. But the question is, how do we know what to do? How do we hear what he is saying today? You know, these are the questions. We know, I'm willing to obey. I'm willing to obey to the Lord. I'm willing to do whatever he says. But how do I know what he is trying to say? What he is trying to tell me today? You know, it's like, uh, you know, someone, I was thinking about it. It's like someone standing in the bus terminal, for example, we know, we all know the Dartmouth Bridge Terminal, right? So the statistic says there are, the bridge terminal is serving 23,000 passengers every day. Can you believe it? 23,000 passengers are served during a weekday. Right? For example, you can imagine someone who is standing there, let's say she, she doesn't know where to go, standing there in the midst of the crowd, there are buses coming and going back and forth, she doesn't know where to go and she doesn't know which bus to take. You know, some of our lives on this earth are exactly the same as this. We really don't know where to go. We don't, we don't really don't know a place. We don't have a place to go first of all. And we don't know where to go and we don't know how to go. We have an ambition. We have a goal. But we don't have any clue. How do we achieve that? How do we achieve that? And God is telling in the midst of all this. Do whatever I say. Do whatever I say. Let's, let's look at the you know, wedding at Cana a little more closer. Little more in little more detail. First of all, there took place a crisis. We see a crisis happening there, a crisis going on there at the wedding of Cana. What was the crisis? They ran out of wine. They ran out of wine. As I said, in spite of planning and preparation, they end up in having deficiency at the time of the wedding. You know, it was expected that everything to go perfect. But somehow, it got messed up in the middle, in between. Don't you feel that in our lives too at times? You know, we started doing things with good motivation, good, with good intention, and with great expectation. But we messed it up on the way, somewhere along the line, somewhere on the way, things got messed up in our lives. You know, at times we find things go beyond our control. Even though we try to do things within our control, sometimes you know, things are getting carried away beyond our control. At some point of time in our lives later, we turn back and then we wonder how this, is, this was possible. How can this happen in my life? But it happened already. It already happened. You know, everything was going on well and all of a sudden, something happened and that was folding everything and bringing things to the ground we are not able to take next step we are not able to move forward because everything is brought all of a sudden to the ground and we don't we are not sure where to go we are not sure how to react to the situation because the situation is so demanding and we don't have ability to meet the expectation of that situation and we don't know where to go we don't know how to do it it is a situation that 
we don't want to wish we don't, we don't want to see we don't wish to see in our lives it is the state that we don't want to be in as we are in today but somehow somehow it happened in our lives the amount of pain and the embarrassment that we go through every day and we question God Lord is it you is it you in the midst of all we hear a voice saying that do whatever I say do whatever I say and the crisis reminds us that we are human we are not the creator but we are creations always when you meet a crisis situation when you face crisis in our lives it reminds us it tells us that we are just creations of God we are not the creators by him by ourselves let's look at Jonah's life in Jonah's life there was a crisis and what was the crisis the ship that he was traveling was beaten up by the blowing winds and it was about to be broken that was the crisis then what happened Jonah was thrown into the ocean Jonah was thrown into the sea you know see crisis one after another it is following there was a crisis that she couldn't continue their journey there was the next crisis on their way that he has to be thrown into the ocean then what happened next not sure Jonah was not sure whether the fish is going to swallow him and keep him inside or the fish is going to digest him another crisis crisis when it comes it will come one after another if you remember the last thing Jonah heard from the Lord God telling him rise and go to Nineveh that was the last thing Jonah heard from the Lord and subsequently Jonah couldn't hear the voice of God in his life all that he could see the action of God the work of God God sending out a great wind God sending out a great fish he couldn't hear the voice of God at some point of time in his life have you come across this situation in our lives God is no more telling anything you feel come to a situation God is no more talking to me have I done something wrong whether something bad happened in my life God is no more talking to me God is no more telling me anything God is very silent in my life you know one has to be careful at this point of time when we are waiting to listen to the voice of God you know we are so used to listen from God but now when God is at the moment a God of silence we need to be very careful whether we still receive from God or we receive from somewhere else things may happen in our lives you know because of our disobedience to God the way it happened in the life of Jonah since he couldn't obey God and he went away from God and then it really matters how he listens to the voice of God from where he gets the voice and we need to be very careful we should be discerning at times we follow the voices of our flesh at times we follow the voices of demonic voices in our lives how do we differentiate what do we hear from God and as we are talking about it we really don't know what crisis we are sitting in today and we don't know at times we wonder we know the crisis but then what is the way out of it in the life of Jonah it was kind of God inflicted even though he initiated because of his disobedience 
So the crisis in our lives, whether it is God inflicted or it is self-inflicted or the situation inflicted or it may be the enemy who inflicted that crisis and then we are in today. Whatever it may be, God really knows what we are going through. Someone said, crisis always tells us that there is a God up in heaven. Only who knows what we are going through on this earth. The rest of us stand clueless and awestruck. When we are in crisis, we don't know what we are going through. Only the God who is up in heaven, who knows what we are going through. But the people who are standing with us, everyone is clueless. And they are awestruck like you and me. They wonder what's happening in his life. What is happening in her life. But fortunately, the same God who was sitting at the wedding of Cana, he knew very well what was going on there and he today he knows very well what is going on in our lives first of all we saw a crisis there secondly there was an appeal to Jesus when Jonah was in the belly of the fish Bible says he cried out to the Lord because of his affliction Jonah 2 2 he cried out to the Lord because of the affliction that he was going through. You can imagine how much struggle he would have heard on the three day and three nights in the belly of the fish. He was really afflicted. He was tormented. He was tortured by God because of his disobedience. And now he cries out to God. Second thing that's going on there is an appeal to Jesus. Someone said, if you don't have a spiritual practice in place, when times are good, you can't expect to suddenly develop one during a moment of crisis. If we don't have a spiritual practice in place when everything is going on well, when we meet the crisis, when we face a crisis, There is no way we can suddenly develop a spiritual practice at that moment. That's why we believe that we need to live godly in good times and in bad times. John 2, 3, what of God says. John 2, 3 as we read. When they ran out of water, the mother of Jesus said to Jesus, They have no wine. They have no wine. Verse 4 says, Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? You know, people sit on this verse and say that, try to understand why Jesus spoke in that way to his mother. And it appeared to me when I did the same thing, it appeared to me that Jesus didn't like Mary getting involved there. Jesus didn't like Mary getting involved. Jesus wanted not just Mary, but the people there to recognize that he is God. I believe he would have expected the servants there, the master of the feast there, probably the couple or their parents, someone who is responsible there, come to Jesus and tell him, Lord, we don't have wine. Jesus expected that. But now it came out of Mary. Probably Jesus didn't like. Jesus didn't like. And I I end up in looking at different versions. You know, some uh, it says... I know that some of Jesus was not happy about Mary's intervention there. KJV says, woman, what have I to do with thee? Amplified says, what do we have in common? Leave it to me. What do we have in common? Leave it to me. Why are you interfering in this situation? NIV says, why do you involve me? Good news says, you must not tell me what to do. NLT says, that's not our problem. New KJV says, woman, 
what does your concern have to do with me in effect I believe that Jesus was not happy that Mary is coming in the, in the middle I'm sure about it because Jesus did not expect Mary to bring this issue to God he expected the servants or the master of the feast to go and appeal to Jesus I know for it sure now because of Mary's response see the way Mary responds here Mary responded here Mary said in verse 5 his mother said to the servants whatever he says do it whatever he says do it looks like he is expecting you to go and ask him but now I got up I caught up in the middle just do whatever he says you just do it Mary realized that Jesus doesn't want to involve someone as a mediator he wanted to deal with he wanted those people to deal with him directly so he told to the servant as Mary said do whatever he says you know in some of our houses it happens every day I don't believe I don't believe it's happening here but it happens in some of our houses husbands sending their wives to the church telling them you go and pray it used to happen in our country very much we see all the, the entire church is filled with women where are the men they are not to be seen they send the women to the church you go and pray for and you go and learn listen to the word of God that will bring blessing to our family and wives sending their husbands to the church telling them you go and represent you know at least one person to represent our family in Sunday morning you just go and represent our family and during family prayer during family prayer what happens okay let's do it let's pray between husband and wife we don't involve children into the family prayer you know God wants every one of us to reach approach him directly God wants us to pray to him directly it is good when others pray for us but it is better to pray to God directly it is good to pray when everything for, for everything but it is better to pray according to the will of God it is good to ask for now Lord I want it now but then Jesus was telling my hour has not come yet so it is good to ask for now but it is better to wait for his time it is good others praying for us but it is better if we can pray to God directly it is good to pray whenever uh, for everything but it is better to pray according to the will of God it is good to ask for him to do it now but it is better to wait for his time you know some of our prayers are not answered at times we too much delay rely on others prayer and we fail to pray we fail to pray God wants us to pray God wants us to pray prayer takes time prayer takes effort prayer is tedious it is laborious you know boring at times it is time-consuming but God wants us to go through it as we wait upon the Lord as we wait take time and cry out to God then God brings that blessing thirdly we see the response of Jesus Jesus responding to Mary and telling her my hour has not come yet my hour has not come yet what people are waiting there on the table at the feast for wine there is a shortage of wine 
The master of the feast probably is running here and there because he doesn't know what to do because there is nothing available nearby and he doesn't have enough time to you know take the wine through the process of making of the process of fermentation or whatever so he didn't have enough time there people are waiting at the table for wine and Jesus is telling my hour has not come yet if we are there in that situation we would have asked Lord don't you care for my situation now I've been struggling going through all these things in my life all alone Lord don't you care for me and Jesus is saying my hour has not come yet you know I don't know that's how our God operates that's how he works as the wind storm and the waves were beating on the boat and the boat was already filling with water and it is about to sink disciples came to Jesus and asked him Lord teacher do you not care that we are perishing? And what of God says Jesus was sleeping on a pillow. Jesus was sleeping on a pillow. Now there is a shortage of wine and people are running here and there and Jesus is telling my hour has not come yet. Mary and Martha they came to Jesus. Jesus he has been already in the tomb for four days. If you would have been here, my brother, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Knowing that Jesus delayed and he came and he arrived on the fourth day. What kind of God he is. Looks like he doesn't even care. He looks like he doesn't even know my urgency. Looks like he doesn't have his own diary. Looks like he doesn't keep track of things in his diary. That's the reason he doesn't know what I'm going through. He doesn't really understand my urgency today. I, that cannot be true. That cannot be true. Jesus, just before he, he got arrested, Jesus said to his disciples, The hour has come. The hour has come. That son of man is being betrayed into the hands of the sinners. Jesus said to Philip and Andrew, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified in John 12:23. Jesus also said, the night is coming that no man can work in John 9:4. Jesus knows the time when what to be done. It is we at times we don't understand the timing of God. As God's children, we need to know how to wait upon the Lord. Word of God says, <clears throat> Proverbs 13, 12. It's a familiar verse, scripture which we refer most often. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, really sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is like a tree of life. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I'm sure people who are sitting at the table waiting for wine, they would have you know, started telling all sorts of things against this family. Can't they plan it in a better way? Can't they perform the wedding in a better way? Why these kind of things happening in a wedding? But God knows what to be done and when to be done. In Isaiah 40, 31, word of God says, But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk but not faint. David says in Psalm 41, I waitedly, how he waitedly, I waitedly, I waited patiently for the Lord. You know, sometimes we get 
we get so restless we become so restless la moment we don't receive anything from god moment god is not answering my prayer we even doubt we question we do all sort of things in our lives but david says i waited patiently for the lord and he inclined to me and he heard my cry today our god is a god who answers our prayers but all that he is saying he is telling us my hour has not come fourthly there was a great willingness to do whatever he says so we talked about the crisis we talked about the plea to jesus we talked about the response of jesus finally there was a willingness to do whatever he says the moment mary said whatever he says you do it you know there was an expectation sitting there eyes of people there those who were sitting there there was an expectation in that atmosphere that jesus is about to say something because mary already told do whatever he says and she built up that expectation there there is an expectation in everyone's eyes that jesus is about to say something and also there is a willingness among the people to do whatever he says you know miracles take place when there is an expectation in hearts miracles take place when there is an expectation in our lives you know, we have seen people those who are not expecting to be filled with the holy spirit they will never get filled with the holy spirit people who are not expecting to get healed they will never get healed why because in, even though god is powerful even the spirit of god is ministering to everybody because but we don't see an expectation in our heart and god is a gentle man he doesn't really break open and enter into our heart he waits he patiently waits for us to show that expectation in our lives and miracles also take place when people are ready to obey god when people are ready to obey god you know most of the time we get disappointed expecting extraordinary things from god extraordinary things happening in our lives and at times we expect even situation to change drastically we expect you know, extraordinary miracles to take place in our lives but remember we need to understand this very well our god makes extraordinary things from the ordinary things our god who makes extraordinary things which are ordinary to people what of god says there were six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the jews containing 20 or 30 gallons a piece six stone jars they were already used for people who are entering into the house probably they may have to wash their feet or hands and the water was already there maybe the water same water which was used to wash their feet ordinary things just ordinary things just piled up over there lying over there they were already existing but god made extraordinary wine with those ordinary things they were already existing there is it not telling you something today you know at times we expect god 
to bring extraordinary things in our lives extraordinary talents abilities and skills but you know what the way God works us we still remain the same we still remain the same but God uses the ordinary things to bring extraordinary in our lives that's how God does things in our lives when someone is used by God it's not that God is giving him special things God is you know uh, giving decorating him with so many things so many gifts and talents of course God gives but he brings it out of him he brings as he yields him or herself more and more to God he brings things out of him and later on if he sees that they were all already with him they were all already with him he was able to sing he may be singing in the secular field but now he's able to sing for God it was a not a new talent given to him it was already there but now it is being used for God's glory you know many times we expect miraculously things to get you know attached to our body and then we fail and we regret no God wants to use us just as we are just ordinary uh, stone jars lying there and water there and God is putting them together and making something extraordinary David what he was in need to defeat that Goliath slingshot and few stones ordinary things Samson required a jawbone of a donkey Moses required a rod that was already in his hands but all that he has to give that he has to give that to God so that God can use that we are extraordinary sorry we are ordinary it is true that probably we already messed it up only six water pots and water that was required for Jesus to make something extraordinary and today only I am required just raw as I am just raw as I am that's the only thing required for Jesus today to make something extraordinary out of our lives we need to believe and we need to ask God Lord if just as I am use me Lord use me make something good out of me Lord until this point of time I'm not seeing good things happening in my life Lord make something good out of me God looks at the internal not the external man needs our abilities and skills but God requires our heart 100% man is depending on our abilities how much you know heavy or how much weight he can carry what else you can do what else your, your skills are in which are the areas you can perform in a better way that's what man expects but God expects our total absolute surrender to him and God can today bless us with what we have today within us Mary told them do whatever he says as we are expecting God to do something in our lives as we are willing to do whatever God says we must first of all listen to God we must first of all listen to God how do we listen to him by calming ourselves down by bringing our flesh down by waiting upon him in quietness by allowing God to speak to us by allowing God to reveal the scriptures to us by allowing God to speak to us through dreams and visions we need to wait upon him we need to listen to him and second thing is the moment we receive something from God we need to do it we need to do it have you seen people going for a second opinion to another doctor before they finalize their treatment plan there is no second opinion when God asks us to do something 
There is no second opinion when God asks us to do something. People go to the lawyer to know how much, how to prepare for the case, how much documents I need to collect, how many evidences I need to put together. But God asks us to do something. If he asks us to do something, what of God says, there is no consultation with flesh and blood. If God is asking us to move forward, God is asking us to do something in our lives. There is no consultation with flesh and blood. Paul says in Galatians 1.15, let's put this word, let's read that. Paul says in Galatians 1.15, But when it, it pleased God, when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me through his grace, verse 16, Galatians 1, to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him, among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Did you listen to that? It's amazing. I agree, perfectly agree with the Lord Jesus Christ. The expectation of him that people need to go to him directly, not through Mary. He didn't expect Mary to come and intercede for them, but he expects people to go to him directly. Sometimes we ask questions. What is wrong if we depend, if we trust in intercessory prayer? We are asking someone to intercede for us. What is wrong if we ask Saint against, against not Augustine, Saint Peter, Saint someone to intercede for me? What is wrong? Right? They are in heaven. They are there somewhere. They are. All the saints are somewhere. But we are here today. God is expecting us to cry out to God. God is expecting us to pray. But even here Paul says, when God called him into something specific, he did not consult with flesh and blood. He did not go and ask his brother, can I go? Lord Jesus is calling me into this. Dear brother, can you tell me, should I go or not? Dad, can I go? Because God is calling me to minister to him. Can I go or not? My son, my wife, can I go? God is calling me into this. Paul did not do it. If he would have done, the flesh would have put him down right away there. He didn't do it, but instead... 17 also tells me, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. Now Paul is not trying to put the apostles down saying that, no I don't want to talk to them. No, that's not an idea. When God calls us, we are right therein. There is no second opinion. Not even with our own flesh and blood. It is important to know what God is telling us today concerning our matter. I am sure God is speaking to some of us today. You know, we are living in a time such as this where different voices are heard in our ears. Not all the voices are from God. Since at times, you know, sometimes we think that we are so godly, we think that we listen only from God. No, that's not true. We still end up in listening to our flesh. We still end up in listening to the enemy. The deception is so strong because word of God says, even the enemy, the deception is so strong, he's trying to deceive whom? Even the elect. He's trying to deceive even the elect. That means you and I, how much much ever we are pure, or walk in holiness in front of God, still we can be deceived by the enemy. Still we can be deceived by the enemy. 
We need to be very careful where we listen from. It is important to hear from God. It is important to discern the voice of God. My sheep listens to my voice. We need to listen. Which is God's voice. Which is the voice of the flesh. And which is the voice of the enemy. Because those who obey the flesh. Or those who obey the devil. Cannot obey God. Those who obey the flesh. Those who obey the devil. Cannot obey God. So what is important? Let's write this down. Even if we forget the whole sermon. Let's not forget this. These are important things. Be sure to ask according to God's will. Be sure to ask according to God's will. 1 John 5.14 says. 1 John 5.14 Now this is the confidence that we have in Christ Jesus. That if I ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Why he is not hearing us We are not asking according to his will You know knowing Trying to know God's will is one thing Asking according to God's will is another thing And God is expecting us To pray according to God's will If you are praying for somebody's salvation Yes it is God's will If you are praying to start a business We need to wait upon the Lord To find out whether it is God's will or not You know, we need to understand when we need to pray accordingly. So first thing, which is very important, is be sure to ask according to God's will. Number two, be sure to wait for God's time. Be sure to wait for God's time. Number three, be sure to listen God's voice, not the flesh, not the devil. Be sure to listen to God's voice. Number four, be sure to do without any question. The moment we know it is from God. No second opinion. No consultation with flesh and blood. Amen.